Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, and welcome back to another long-awaited for episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. We took another quite a long pause <laughs> before recording, but we are back and we are excited to chat about a very light topic this week, self-betrayal. Yeah. Is that not what we want to come back with? <laughs> I think that's what everybody wants to hear, right? I mean, we started this series on identity. We did the first two parts and then we thought, why not take a six month break? Just leave the listeners hanging. Just get their appetites wet for a little bit of talk on identity and then abandon them. That was the plan, really. Uh, nothing says self-compassion like abandonment, truly. It's just <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah. But we are happy to be back. I'm excited to be back. I don't know about you two, but I have missed recording these conversations. Thankfully, we've still been talking in the past six months, just just not in a recorded fashion. <laughs> there have been so many times when we have said, oh, shoot, we should have recorded this. This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe a little narcissistic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm usually giving myself really high ratings on my own conversations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so self-betrayal. <laughs> self-betrayal. What is self-betrayal, Lindsay? Oh, we're just going to go there. We're just, jumping in. Just go right in. This is quite Coos the Taskmaster. Well, yep. just set up a little bit of context into why we're going into this aspect. For those right. of you that do remember the last episode, because as we said, it was months Ooh, ago. Or, yes. you know, you could go back and re-listen if you want. But there was a part in that episode where Lindsay talked about a shift that she'd had in her identity away from her faith community and that it almost felt like a betrayal of the people in that community who had loved her so well and listened to her and, and helped her to belong in that community. And that mm -hmm. got us thinking about this concept of betrayal and then self-betrayal. So that's kind of the context mm -hmm. into why we're doing this particular episode. But Lindsay, yeah, yeah do you want absolutely. to talk more about self-betrayal? Yeah, I mean, when we talked last time, so much of it was around parts of yourself that you have to put away mm. in order to be loved and accepted by others. And as we've had this pandemic space, so much has shifted for, I mean, everyone. I don't think there can be a person alive that says, you know, things haven't shifted for me in the past year and a half, two years. And for most of us, we've had significant alone time that has never been as present and introspective time. And we, all the things we do to escape ourselves, all the distractions, all the ways we can not have to deal with a lot of things all of a sudden are on the table mm. and we can't escape them. I mean, I guess we still can, but <laughs> we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a judgy thing, but maybe we could look at them, you know, and be curious and practice that, you know, non-judgmental curiosity mm. around when all of these distractions are gone, what's left 
And if the communities that I've been a part of, I'm no longer participating in in the same way mm. or at all, who am I apart from that community? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge question that a lot of people would, yeah, would resonate mm-hmm. with at the moment. I know certainly a lot of my clients have really been coming up against this idea of exploring their identity and realizing now that they have had all of this time to themselves and to reflect and to be still with their thoughts, like, hang on, am I, is, am I in the job that I want to be in? Am I in the country I want to be in? Am I hanging Mm -hmm. out with the people I want to be hanging out with? And those types of questions have led them to say, I don't even really know who I am or what I want or, (laughs) you know, what It, it has been this amazing opportunity for everyone to kind of pause and go, what is going on? And who am I in all of this? And mm-hmm. when I do reapproach the world, whatever that may look like, how do I want to re-enter that world? Mm-hmm. And what parts of me do I want to explore more? What parts of me do I want to let go? Which we did talk about in this first, mm-hmm. the first episode we did on identity. And so much of that is around yeah, communities of belonging, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, our co-workers, whether it's mm-hmm. our friendships, whether it's bigger systems of capitalism mm-hmm. or, you know, there's all sorts of things that we belong to that maybe we're questioning. Do we still want to mm-hmm. belong to those things? And then this idea around what parts of ourselves do we betray right. in order to belong? And I would say not always, but more often than not, the cost of belonging is often betraying parts of yourself or bottling up, pushing down a part of yourself in order to, to belong. And we know that belonging is biologically um, wired into us as life and death. Yeah. And so that, that pull to belong isn't just some silly, like I want to have, you know, a, a group of friends, you know, it really is, um, biologically saying, you know, like, like the cave people before, if you didn't belong, you're as good as dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's our biology. That's what we're wired to believe and feel in our bodies. And so just to kind of know that when you start exploring where you belong, where you want to belong, all those places, I do think that a lot of stuff comes to the surface. Um, yeah. And like fear, the ways that we don't want to deal with this avoidance, and so I think for me, uh, I don't consider myself someone who like runs from the introspective stuff. I really love it. I'm super mm. deep into it. And yet I still have a tendency to um, pull away and not want to explore these kind of like exiled parts of myself. Yeah, because it's pretty confronting. And I think to your point there, what I would want to encourage people to do is just to have compassion for themselves in that mm-hmm. understanding that when you when you do maybe choose to walk away from some things whether it's yet yeah, communities or friendships or whatever these things are that maybe don't you feel like you don't want to be a part of anymore there is going to be a very genuine kind of fear that exists there mm-hmm. and you might feel like it's irrational but it is absolutely right. your caveman biology survival instinct. Yep. And and great things have come out of the fact that we needed to belong as humans, right? So one of the mm-hmm. one of the 
cool things to come out of that is that human beings kind of have this kindness gene in our biology because back in the day we needed to belong to the tribe to survive because if we were outside of the tribe we would be eaten or killed right by the, by whatever the animals the lions and so we needed to be in these tribes and so it meant that we were from from the very beginning of evolution hardwired to actually cooperate with one another and this is why it feels very natural and very good for us to be kind to one another. And so that's a real positive to come out of the fact that we need to belong. But the negative, I guess, and what we're exploring is also that need to belong makes it incredibly frightening to step away from something mm-hmm. that feels safe and secure. And it, and again, it's on, a, it's on a deep level. So you might be like, this is so silly that I'm feeling like really uncomfortable about mm-hmm. not seeing this friend as much or leaving this particular job or whatever it might be. But it, yeah, just to understand this is deep stuff that is activating that part of your brain that's saying, I have to belong to be safe. Right. Yep. And that safety piece is so important. Mm. I feel like, um, you know, as I work as a therapist, half of what I'm doing is helping people know what safety looks like and feels like for themselves Mm. so that we can continue to work together and do, you know, the become the person that you want to become, do the healing work that you want to do. There always has to have that safety foundation. And so I think even as we talk about self-betrayal, like reminding yourself and your body that you're safe to think about these things. It's okay. You're, You're just observing, you know, just observing what your thoughts and feelings might be about this, I think is a really self loving thing to do. Yeah. And I think, Particularly now, so many of us would be feeling the need for safety even more because our world has seemed and still is so uncertain and therefore triggering every type of fear we have around things not being safe. Like things literally Mm -hmm. aren't safe for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so I think even more so that idea of maybe, yeah, changing or realizing changes in our identity and stepping away from communities is going to feel even more scary given the fact that our safety has is rattled right now on a global level totally, totally. i think the, the the two questions i have right now the first one is is it possible to belong somewhere where you don't have to betray yourself hmm. is that is that even possible good question when i hear that like my I, and i don't know but my instinct is that the only place where that's truly possible is in belonging to yourself. That idea of mm-hmm. like fostering a deep connection with yourself and feeling like you belong to you, which sounds a bit cheesy. But I think that as soon as there's a community, even if it's two people, like a relationship, as soon as you belong to something greater than yourself, it's not a bad thing at all. It's a wonderful thing. But I think there will always be some kind of element of yourself that you're hiding a little bit or maybe not i don't know what part of you are you hiding from us right now sam <laughs> sam what's mm. going on well no. that's a very good I point say, isn't it it's like i would well, say the question though between what is betrayal and what is compromise yeah mm. right you have to compromise to be in community that doesn't mean you're betraying yourself but you do have to 
yeah, uh, and what, make space. Yeah. And when you say compromise, I also think of this idea of like, you know, we turning up the dial on particular aspects of ourselves. So certainly, mm-hmm. you know, anyone that has good social intelligence is used to adapting certain parts of their personality to fit into different communities. And so I think we turn up dials right. on parts of ourselves and turn down other aspects. And it's not that we're being insincere or that we are betraying ourselves necessarily. We're just choosing maybe to to yeah, amp up some particular aspect and turn down another. Mm-hmm. So it's also that idea, like I think when we're with other people, maybe there's certain roles we go into and certain Mm-hmm. yeah modes of behavior that we feel comfortable in that maybe we're not comfortable showing others so it's not necessarily that we're that we always well, that, have to betray ourselves but it's just yeah we have to learn that, that's interesting though because that you know i've i've read something that says about how the way you show up all this different ego parts that show up in the different situations you're in so like this the sam that i know right now might be yeah. different than the sam that your neighbor knows Absolutely. or whoever you work with knows. So is it possible to get in a place where all these people that you hang out with, when we get all get together, we describe Sam the same way because Sam shows up the same way. Mm. I think like this is a fascinating thing for me because I think, you know, in the, in the past few years in the world of self-development, there's certainly been a massive, what's the word? Authenticity is something that people talk about all the time as being like highly coveted, you've got to be authentic, you know, that we want to be like, if you, if you hear me on this podcast, if you meet me in person, if you see me somewhere else that I, if I'm an authentic human being, I will always be the same version of me. And, Mm -hmm. and I find that really interesting because I don't, I don't necessarily believe that that's true. I think if you're, if there's wildly differing versions of you, maybe there's something to look at, but I certainly know that you know, and, and and of course, because we have different histories with people and different different relationships, and that that absolutely brings out different emotions in us and different mm-hmm. ways of behaving. Like the you that the Sam that you both know is different to the Sam that my sisters know is different to the Sam that my high school friends know is different to the Sam that my Paris friends know is different to the Sam that Phuket oh. friends know. And it's not Sam, that I'm we know. a different. We've all, we've all been talking. <laughs> we all know. It's not that I'm a different person, but, and I think fundamentally that's maybe this is the piece around authenticity. Like hopefully I'm living, breathing my values all of the time. You know, I still believe, I believe in self-compassion. I believe in kindness. I believe in freedom. I believe in joy. There's certain things that I would hope and I do amongst all of those groups that are consistent. But I think it's really, of course, people will have a different, impression of me depending on what environment they met me in yeah and that's okay yeah i think you know we've we've taken a once again a side trail (laughs) like we like to do (laughs) but to bring it back you know and to circle back around the idea of self-betrayal when we aren't allowed to explore the vast many parts of who we are and the vast many ways we're received by others, we're kind of letting our subconscious rule us in a way. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we forget that we have an infinite universe inside of us. Mm. And there are so many 
places in us, inside of each of our little bodies that are complex, unique, and vast. And so for me, the self-betrayal part says, um, I can't go exploring or experimenting or trying new things because this is who I am. Yes. Mm. And so the exploration part is outside of who I am and therefore it's not me. Mm. And so, you know, if I were to show up with some really outrageous political views that you have not known me to have, you yeah. would immediately be like, what is going on? This is, I've known you this long. This is mm-hmm. so bizarre for you to say those things, mm. you know, or to believe that way. And I do think this is why, you know, when I, when I said I'm no longer part of this faith tradition or community, um, that feedback, some of it was, was harsh, Mm. um, because it felt like rejection to people who had, you know, been really supportive of me in that way. And I think for me, it, it felt like, whoa, there's a cost to exploring different parts of myself. And is it worth it? Mm. And so I've been circling around that for a few months and I keep coming back to, yeah, it absolutely is worth it. Mm. And I think about, you know, that idea of our one precious life, like Mary Oliver talks about, Yeah, you know, um, to have this vast universe inside and to never explore it because we're afraid that it might not, what we find in there might not fit what people need us to be or want us to be or know us to be. Ooh, that's intense. That's, that's big. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a helpful thing for anyone listening to reflect on is this idea of when you label yourself as anything, when we have, Mm -hmm. and I, I hear clients of mine doing this all the time where they say, I'm this type of person. Like whether it's, and it's very often self-critical, you know, mm-hmm. I'm lazy or I'm a procrastinator or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, all the sorts of labels we give ourselves or I don't do that. You know, sometimes I might offer a suggestion and a client would be like, no, nah, I'm just not that sort of person. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And to think about where you do that in your own life, where you say, mm-hmm. I'm not that sort of person or I am this sort of person and look at those labels and ask yourself, which of those labels mean that you're betraying a part of yourself you're betraying this part of you that could go out Mm -hmm. and explore could I do I want to maybe be that type of person could I Mm -hmm. explore this like is there Mm -hmm. another way of being that maybe I haven't brought to the surface yet but it's a part of me that exists within me you know I think yeah just to give ourselves more space to explore sounded like you're talking to the 2017 coos (laughs) there you go Say more, Goose. Yeah, let's bring him into the room. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> you don't explore. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I think, you know, these we all have narratives about ourselves, I think is what I'm trying to say. And those narratives mm-hmm. can be really strong for some people. Like, I am this person. This is this is how I operate. I always do well, this. I always the, do that. The thing in, in defense of 2017 Coos, and others who... Whoa, whoa, we're not attacking him. I'm not attacking him. I loved him. <laughs> he was pretty fun. That's the was one I though? met. I mean, actually, you know, we'll... No, it, it's, that's also a, um, a survival thing, too, mm-hmm. where 
I know, you know, when I act a certain way, I already mm-hmm. belong some, somewhere. If I, if I change it, you know, like mm-hmm. rejection. Well, because talk more about, you know, you were 17 when you moved to the States for college. Mm-hmm. And you've talked, you've shared a lot with me around what that was like to be, you know, your English wasn't what it is now. You had never lived outside of Indonesia. You were 17, you know. Yeah, and that was really hard. And you just wanted to belong somewhere. And I think I've told this story before. Um, and to be honest, I still do it sometimes these days. Um, I remember watching, I think it was tonight, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Is, it, is that what it's called? <laughs> That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And Jay would say something, and the whole room of guys would just start laughing. And I'd be like, I don't know why it's funny, but I don't want to be the odd man out. So I guess I'm going to start laughing too. <laughs> and Lin- Lindsay, Lindsay can probably say something about it too. Well, I'd be like, Lindsay, why is it so funny? I know. Like, <laughs> can, can you tell me why it's Wait, funny? Why is that funny? <laughs> And, you know, I just felt like I did it because I didn't want to be left out. Yeah. Um, and think about like a 17 year old, you know, to be left out, to not get things. What would that have meant? Loneliness. Right. And th- there was also a part of me where I moved here. Lindsay can also speak to it. I don't have a lot of Asian friends. Mm-hmm. I remember in college, there there's a big group of Indonesian students but I didn't really hang out with them as much because mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, number one, we spent so much money to come to the States. Why am I hanging out with Indonesian people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and number two, like they just live off campus. I live in the dorm and I just wanted to, to belong there. I didn't want them to look at me as someone else. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of them. I think a lot of... And so, yeah. so there might be like, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it there might have been some values that didn't seem like something Kus would do that I was like oh I'm gonna do it because I wanted to belong somewhere mm-hmm. absolutely and I think we all do this and certainly like yeah. I think there's a lot of people that have left their countries of our origin that would absolutely relate to that and I think that right. you know there tends to be both extremes certainly you know there's there's people that leave their home country and and they get such a sense of, of comfort in, in finding those people from that country when they're abroad. Mm-hmm. And then there's those of us, like when mm-hmm. you speak to that, I remember when I moved to Paris, I was very intent on initially and then it, it switched for me, but really not. I didn't want to hang out with the other Australians in Paris. I was like, to your point, I didn't come all of this way to hang out with another Australian. And I really, right. you know, I wanted to I really did want to belong and I wanted to have a French experience. So I used to hide anything that showed, I mean, unfortunately I look very Australian and that used to really annoy me, but like I would never read a book on the subway because it had an English title and I didn't want people to know that I wasn't French speaking and I would always speak in French and I would really try and make sure I, you know, could hide my accent. I would, yeah, just never speak English it was a really weird thing where I was actively trying to distance myself mm-hmm. from my home country. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people do that and you, and you start, yeah, you do have to change 
certain elements mm-hmm. of yourself mm-hmm. when you do that. Yeah, I think, you know, both of those examples are saying, I want to be identified as this, not that. Mm-hmm. I want to see what it would feel like to be this kind of person. Mm. And so I'm going to put this identity piece on the shelf for now and see, try this other thing on, you know, and I think about even in, I used to counsel, uh, work with teens and I would always notice that the teenagers who would go through phases, Mm. like one year they'd be the goth phase. The next year was the punk phase or, you know, whatever it was. I just remember thinking like, I am so glad these kids are trying on different identities and ways of being. Mm. because they're going to really know who they are. They're going to have experience and experiments a little bit with what feels right to me. Maybe you're a little bit punk, a little bit goth and a little bit prep. I don't know. You know what that combination that works for you. Um, But I think that when you allow yourself to explore and experiment, you actually are learning, you're gaining leadership skills. You're Mm. learning how to self lead. And I think self-leadership to me is the opposite of self-betrayal. Yeah. It's saying, I'm going to allow myself to explore all these different ways of being in the world because I'm safe to do so. Yes. And I trust myself that, um, again, we've talked a lot about self-trust and how that is something most people really struggle with, mm-hmm. um, especially, I would say, women. You know, yeah. we often take a... Um, a vote on what we should do, you know, (laughs) should I wear this text it to all your friends, you know, take a vote. Um, what do we think of this guy when we're dating? Mm. Right. And so a part of that's healthy and good and connecting, but a part of it is saying, I don't trust myself. Is this right? Is this the right thing to do? Yeah. And so learning how to experiment enough to get to the place where you can say, yeah, I trust myself that even if this bombs and gets weird, I'll be okay. I'll know what to do. Yeah. I have confidence in myself. Yeah, I think it's such an important skill for us to develop, both mm-hmm. self-trust and self-leadership, which go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. again, if we can look at what are the, hopefully, <laughs> I was going to say, what are the few positives to come out of this pandemic? I think mm-hmm. part of when you are alone, removed from these communities when you have more time to be introspective it's that introspection it's that reflection that Mm -hmm. builds that muscle of self-trust and of self-leadership to say actually I can make decisions for myself in my own life that Mm -hmm. are in my own best interests and I think you know as you were discussing that and Kusa's question much earlier in the podcast around well can we is it once we're in community and we're trying to belong, is there a way of like belonging without kind of betraying a part of ourselves? I think mm-hmm. for me, I was thinking, yeah, and what we need in our communities and what we need to kind of find is where are the places where there that is encouraged, where mm-hmm. people are encouraged to explore, to experiment, to try on different things, to have different phases, to and self-leadership yeah. is encouraged because I know for us, right. like it's the perfect example of, you know, we met at Camp GLP and that is a community where I feel like talk about a community that has established everyone belongs and there's nothing about yourself that you need to give up to deny that, that there was nothing about that community where I felt mm-hmm. I can't be fully who I am. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, it was always, you know, you could show up the next day as a different version of yourself. And that was mm-hmm. very much like modeled even in the leadership of the camp. You know, one of the leaders who would run at KC, run around like a, a, a unicorn and <laughs> complete extrovert singing songs. And then at 6am he'd be leading meditation, <laughs> you know, talk about showing different mm-hmm. aspects of ourselves and that being just fully allowed and okay and encouraged. So I think mm-hmm. there are communities where we can explore these different aspects of ourselves, and to look at the communities that you do belong to, whether it's just friends, like who are the friends that are, are going to allow you to, to mm-hmm. try something new, to be someone Ooh. different. And where are the communities that feel maybe more judgmental, more oppressive, less open to you exploring those things? Because I think that's where we need to, that's where we need to be careful of self-betrayal and say, you know what, to stay in this community that is not allowing me any flexibility is like that rigidity means that I do have to betray part of myself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I would say even in marriages, relationships, dating, close friendships, Mm. if you become a friend or you marry someone let's say at 25, is there the expectation that at 50 and 75, you have to stay the same as that person they married? Oh my goodness. You know, like that feels like a prison to me, right? Like it's like, what? I have to commit at 25, 30 years old to this is who I will always be. Mm. And I do think traits will carry through, you know, but I think when you have a partnership that says it's safe for us to grow and let's grow in similar ways, Um, let's, I'm going to allow, you know, you to shift and change. I'm going to notice that we're going to talk about that. We're going to have open communication about that and to constantly be evaluating, you know, um, am I allowed to change? Are they allowed to change? And are we allowed to accept each other's growth? Even if it's not what we signed up for, you know? Yeah. That feels very different than how maybe I was raised. Yeah, and I'm not sure if this is something we may have touched on this in a in a previous episode, but I think you hear it in the way that I've certainly experienced people say this to me with this really negative tone where they say, "Oh, you've changed." Mm. <laughs> you know, and that points to this exact cultural yeah. idea of that us somehow changing is a negative thing. Right. You know, now thankfully I have the uh <laughs> the self-love, the self-acceptance to smile and kind of be like, yeah, thank goodness. Like, yeah. thank you, kind of. And to flip it well, on its head and what they, you know, what they meant as an insult, I kind of go, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> I'm glad that I did. I think we've talked about it, but that that cartoon, I have no idea, the cartoonist, but where the caterpillar and the butterfly are sitting having coffee and mm. the caterpillar's like, you've changed. And the butterfly's like, yeah, we're supposed to. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. That image is always mm. in my, you know, forefront of my, my thinking about this. Um, yeah. yeah. So again, even notice how lighthearted things have changed in this conversation mm. because we're talking about freedom mm. and we're talking about um, you can, you can explore when you have safety, when you're, you're in a friendship or relationship or community that says, yeah, we like who you are. We accept you for who you are. Mm. and you might change and grow and develop in different ways and great we support that your growth is important to me yeah 
that is truly a gift. And I, I do think us being in the pandemic and having such strange interactions and lockdowns and limited, you know, um, connection. When you think of the parts of you that have been able to come out and be explored more mm. without community necessarily having their eyes on it. Now there's this next step and this next level of, can I keep this change or this growth or this new way of being mm. if I'm enjoying it or cut it off if I'm not, whatever, can I keep it going in community with others? Yeah. What's that going to look like? And I feel like that requires an insane amount of courage and bravery yeah. to say, I'm going to keep experimenting. I'm going to keep this, this game going yeah. and people are going to, you know, um, people I haven't seen or spent a lot of time with in the past couple of years, I might get some rejection or I might get some like, wow, tell me more. That's fantastic. Mm, and yeah. to be kind of open and available for, for both of that feedback. Yeah. I think that's the real challenge is how do mm -hmm. we integrate these new mm. parts of us into mm -hmm. integration, yeah. integration into <laughs> community and to notice yeah. like where we might not be allowing others to do that too, to kind of oh, look at, good point. you know, am I, am I angry at someone because they have changed or am I angry? Yeah. Do I feel like, oh gosh, I invested a lot of time and energy in that person. And now they're, I don't know, going off and doing something that I right. am not like, where are we holding people to our standards and expectations Absolutely. of mm -hmm. who we think they should be? And just to yep. notice where we do that and to, to again, have that kind of openness to go, actually, this person can be whoever they want to be and they don't owe me anything, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they're allowed to change and I'm not going to hold them to this yep. set of standards that, that maybe I had for them. You know, it's a really interesting one to realize where we're doing that. Um, yeah. I would say a very self-loving question to ask yourself is who am I now? Mm. And I think a very loving thing to ask a friend, a partner, coworker is introduce me to who you are now. Yeah. You know, when you show up and we're together, what's changed about you? You know, mm. what, tell me more. I'm curious about who you are. I really do think that is one of the most loving things, if not the most loving thing we can do for others. Tell yeah. me more about you. I, I want to know who you are. And, you know, as we circle back around the self-compassion in every podcast we do, um, we're still not sick of it. So <laughs> here we <laughs> are again. Here but we to, are. to consider, right, um, if this is an ongoing question that we're constantly asking, not just out of the pandemic, but in the future, you know, you're asking your partner, what do I know about you now? Who are you now? And you're bringing that invitation into your relationship and into your friendships, into your, the way you relate to yourself. I think that is a really curious way to live. Mm. And I think the connection that can bloom from that feels very powerful to me. I love that. You know what I'm thinking right now? What? Who am I? I'm trying to, f I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I would answer that question if Lindsay were to ask me. <laughs> Do you want to answer it I'm, publicly? I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same guy you married 12 years ago. Oh, oh no nope. way! <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, but even you know, um, 
I always joke that I had these weird therapist questions that I'll, you know, be like, I'll talk to clients about like, Hey, you could ask your partner this. And then I say it out loud. I'm like, yeah, no, that's a very weird thing to ask someone um, mm-hmm. outside of a therapy session. Like, how's your heart? How's your heart? That's, that's, that that's a weird one, right? But to say, you know, I'm curious about who you are now might be too broad of a topic, but is there something about you that you think I wouldn't know about you now? Mm, That's a nice entry. Is there something that you've been interested in now that you haven't been interested in before? Yes. What has changed in you lately? Yeah. Yeah. What has changed in you lately? What's new for you? I think that's the question. Like, what's new for you? Um, Isn't just like what's going on around you, but what's going on inside of you? Yeah. What can I see that's different about you? You know, if someone comes in with a new haircut, we always are like, whoa, cute haircut. Love it. Um, we're noticing that, but this invisible space inside of us, you know, mm. it is dramatic. We've all gotten massive haircuts and makeovers on the inside, you know, and to say, Hey, I can't see that. Will you describe it to me? Yes. I love that. That's such a powerful mm-hmm. question. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a question that we can end the whole episode on. I think it's a good one to leave people with is, mm-hmm. is that curiosity about others and about the ways that they've changed over this time. And I think because the more we lead with that and the more we let other people tell us how they've changed and who they are now, the more permission we give ourselves to to change, to evolve, to show whoever, these new aspects of ourselves to to others and, and to integrate them into community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would say not to, you know, be so cheerful about this. There is a part that, when people have changed and are no longer fitting your expectation of them, there is going to be grief Mm. and there is going to be loss. And that's incredibly painful. You know, we've all gone through a breakup where we're like, I thought this person was dot, 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 you know, the one, this is going to be my person forever. And, and to recognize like that deep sorrow and sadness, Mm. I had this expectation for the future that isn't going to happen now. Yeah. And whether it's a friendship, a coworker, whoever, allow that to be painful and allow that sit with that feeling and let it move through you. Talk about it, process it, do what you got to do. Don't ignore it though, right? Like Mm. it's powerful information for you. That's part of the equation though. And that's normal. And to kind of maybe expect that, you know, to be, to be not leery of it, but just accepting and aware. Yeah. You know, I think about, you know, some of the negative feedback we got from the last episode um, in which I said I no longer claimed the label of Christian. How dare you? Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, what I wish would have happened would have been people who were disappointed or upset or offended or hurt mm. if they would have said, whoa, I'm feeling upset, offended of her. You know, what changed for you? I'm curious about, about that, you know, um, instead of, you know, kind of more judgmental or fearful language you know yeah because i I think there should be more curiosity when something changes right right that's the big one right the curiosity of oh um, i wonder why yeah let's talk about it right right so yeah again change is always hard we know that um exploring who you are is hard being in a relationship is hard and when you do with curiosity and compassion um, it's really beautiful. It's yeah. really, you know, if you grow and you allow me to see your growth, I grow too. Exactly. 
Well, it's also, and I don't want to bring up a new point just as we're trying to wrap the episode, but as you say that, but I'm going to, here here we go, watch me go. Um, Are we we teasing the next episode or something? (laughs) Will there be a part four next year? Um, (laughs) um, No, when, when I heard you say that around people's responses or the feedback that you received, Mm-hmm. It makes me get curious around what is it that, why is it that someone else changing, what is it about that that makes me feel like threatened or like, do you know okay. what I mean? Like when we're in these communities and someone steps away from the community, what is it about that person stepping away? Like, do we feel like our beliefs are being challenged? Like I'm just interested in why someone would be so offended by another person's exploration of their own life. Like it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to me. What is it about someone, you know, and we see this in all forms of um, what's the word discrimination, you know, when, when, Mm -hmm. when um, heterosexuals are, uh, threatened by homosexual marriage, for instance, and you say, what about that Mm -hmm. is threatening your way of being? Like it's it's this really interesting thing that happens where I think when someone leaves a community, that person feels like, I don't know, like their own faith is being questioned. I'm not sure what's going on, but. Well, I mean, it feels like their value Mm -hmm. is threatened now. Mm -hmm. They have expectations that you you share the same value and now it's no longer there right. so for them for for the other side it's also a change right like mm. it's, they might no longer feel safe so they have to do something to defend yeah. themselves mm. it's, it's it does go back to safety right um safety in numbers think about that even that saying that we all know um yeah if someone defects from our way of being, we feel criticized or we feel, you know, our way of life is threatened, how we do things. Um, and that's where, again, I think the medicine here is curiosity, yeah, not judgment, the non-judgmental curiosity. I think I will always believe is such a goal. It's just straight gold for connection yeah, to yourself and to others, you know? Mm. I'm curious why I responded that way. I'm curious why I feel that way, why I think that way, as opposed to why did I say that stupid thing? Why do I keep, you know, this pattern going? Whatever it is, that gets us to shame and shame locks us down. But this non-judgmental curiosity, isn't that interesting that I always say that or do that or feel that way? Huh. Yeah. I'm curious. I want to know more. I'm gonna I, I feel safe enough to explore this another step. Yeah. Instead of shut down because of shame. And I love that. I feel like we're always talking about curiosity, but for good reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like yep. curiosity and self-compassion are just inextricably linked. And it's absolutely funny because I don't know which episode of um, the Good Life Project podcast it was. So I don't know which guest it was, but I'm certainly a guest on that that talked about the opposite of depression being not happiness, but curiosity. Yeah. And I think that's so true. You know, it's like if we can just be a little bit more curious, it also on a mental health perspective really opens things up for us. 100%. And you even think about 
the feeling of curiosity is like opening up. Yeah. You know, your body physically changes, you know, um, whereas shame kind of makes us hunch over and lock up. So I do think the, the invitation for curiosity is tied into how do we lead ourselves better? How do we allow ourselves to explore the infinite universe that is in our little bodies? Mm. Um, all the possibility that's within us of who we could be, who we are, how we grow and change, how we impact others. Man, it's just right there. We're just, we can open that door and explore away. I love it. It's so exciting. Yeah. Is this where we plug um, going to therapy and being coached? Because <laughs> these are great avenues for reaching those goals. <laughs> if you want to self-explore in a safe community, <laughs> go and get a coach or a therapist. Yeah. But in all seriousness, it is a great way for people that if this introspection or reflection work feels very unnatural, which for a lot of people it does, or if you don't even know where to start, if you want more questions like this, this is, you know, this is what our jobs are about, aren't they, Lindsay? <laughs> Coming up with the questions. <laughs> no answers, but we got a lot of questions for you. <laughs> we'll never give you an answer. And you know why? Because you are the leader of your life. It's all about self-leadership, baby. <laughs> it takes us a while to come full circle sometimes, but we get there. there. We do get there. <laughs> And I guess with that, we should probably wrap this episode. So thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. We can't make any guarantees, but we're going to hope it's not another six months between now and the next episode. <laughs> but your guess is as good as ours. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.